Hello, and welcome to The Campaigns, the actual play podcast from D&D Academy. I am Michael, and this is A New World, episode number seven, We Should Go Back. There was a pretty big time span between the end of episode six and the beginning of episode seven. I think there was almost two full months where we weren't playing. Some of that just scheduling, vacations, people getting sick, kids, whatever. I think Gen Con was in the middle of that last year. So when we start back, I do a kind of a longer recap. And I even mentioned in there that it's been a long time since we played. And I had forgotten some NPCs. Shocker. On top of that, though, there was a session in the middle that was lost. Again, I know I've said this many times before. I thought we were past that, but I had a, a file that was corrupted. It's gone. There's nothing I can do about it. There were some interesting things that happened, but story-wise, there wasn't a lot that happened. So I do a pretty good job at the beginning of this episode recapping everything up to that point and including what would have been missed in that missed episode. The one detail that I left out, we, we talk about it later, but I kind of leave it out of the recap, is um, after the Tersharctopus attacked, and they dealt with that at the end of the last episode that you heard, they started ringing the camp with watchfires because they realized that the Tersharctopus was scared of fire and they, they, they hoped they would keep any more off the beach. Well, unfortunately, this drew the attention of one of those Godzilla-type creatures that uh, are on this new world. I think at the end of episode six, I actually played like a Godzilla sound uh, sound clip. Um, so the episode that you missed was that creature came forward and Nick's character, Tredic, turned into a bird, flew up and tried to distract it, uh, swarming in and out of its eyes. It ended up breathing fire on top of the, a lot of the treetops. This was all before it actually got to the campsite, but it was on the way there. And... Um, there were some creatures that were living in the canopy, canopy of the forest that were burnt and fell to the ground. So they now know that there are these giant snake-like creatures that live in the forest canopy. And then after a few minutes of being distracted, this Godzilla-like creature sort of teleported or it's almost like the same black and purple swirly portal that brought them to this world. That creature stepped through one and was just there and then gone. So they don't know if it teleported to a different world or if it teleported to a different part of this world. All they know is this creature apparently has the ability to do that. And um, the next day, the characters went out to do some more investigating around that creature's disappearance, where it came from, where it went. And on their way back, they found a magical tarp that had been camouflaged with magic. And it was this huge tarp, and underneath it was another one of those, almost like the beach that they're living on. It was just all sand. But there were these mounds, and they started digging through them, and they found some some columns. And I think I'm actually starting to repeat what will be on the recap, so I'll let the recap. So the really, to, re, to, to restate what I've already said, the only thing that you really I missed out of this recap was the fact that this Godzilla-level creature attacked. They were able to distract it, and then it teleported away. I think everything else I'll cover in the intro when it starts. So here is, well, take a step back. Want to thank you guys again for all the positive comments. We got another five-star review on iTunes recently. The recommends on RPGpodcast.com continue to climb. We are in, I believe, seventh place now, which is just amazing, and I can't thank you guys enough for that. Um, I really do like the emails. I like the questions about, you know, I'm jumping ship to the Dungeon Talks, but I love it when we get comments about the Dungeon Talks and the, and the segments that we like or things you'd like to see. And appreciate feedback on the podcast in general. 
this is a labor of love. We love doing it. We're going to continue to do it. But we, we thrive on that feedback and that interaction. Positive feedback makes us feel good about ourselves. Critical feedback will help us deliver a better show for you guys. So please don't hesitate to let us know what you think, good and bad. You can email us at podcast at dndacademy.com. We are on Twitter, dndacademy.com. Or excuse me, I think it's dnd underscore academy. And then we do have a Facebook page that I just recently figured out how to do correctly. So the Facebook page address is now facebook.com backslash dnd underscore academy. So enough shilling for comments, feedback. Here is A New World, episode number seven. We should go back. So previously on A New World. It's been a long time. I'm not sure I remember either. I know that at one point in time, there were some scouts that went missing and well, let me back up. The first thing that I can remember happening, it was, just, it was a morning after the shark, attack and Maven sent Travis's character, Jack to get Blaine. And there was a conversation in his tent where he basically kind of buttered you up and he told you that they are trying to rebuild the council, that they're trying to recreate as much of the empire as possible. And that before they can, essentially elect a emperor, they have to have a council of 13 nobles. There were only three nobles that were on the ship that survived, and they were going to select additional nobles to fill out the the requirements before they could hold those sort of nominations. They had already raised Tylos, who was the ship's captain, to the fourth noble, and Maven sort of insinuated that Blaine might be the the chosen one selected from the ranks of the commoners if he played his cards right, that they might try to influence things to make sure that he is actually risen to a noble to fill in that fifth spot, but they need to make sure that he's willing to kind of play ball with them. And then he gave you like a really nice tent to sort of like give, try to buy your favor, which you then gave away to the kid who's running the guard as well as the uh, uh, the, the two guys who are running the guards right now. Abram was the kid who's promoted to the guard captain. And there was another guy that we said was his, the other, like the lieutenant, who's like the really good guard, but doesn't have the political savvy. I can't remember what his name Oh, um, so I thought it started with a B. Could have been written down on, it, it was written down on a pad somewhere, I think. Okay, well, we'll come back to that. But essentially, Blaine did not accept this gift. He gave it to... Abram and this other guy to make as the headquarters for the guards to make it a little bit easier for them to do their jobs, which was a way to accept the gift, but not also accept it at the same time. Then it was brought to your attention that some of the scouts that had started scouting in the, in the woods had gone missing. You sort of volunteered to go look for them. Two of the other scouts went with you and that's when you were attacked by the invisible spiders, which was not nearly as cool as it sounds. And you were able. It sounds to, awesome. It does sound awesome, but it didn't didn't play that way. So you guys fought off the giant invisible spiders, and then on the way home, you came across sort of a unique terrain feature. There was essentially a camouflaged tarp that was spread amongst some trees. Underneath it was this big sand pit. It was just a you know big like hundred foot across area of sand, and there were some mounds, and you started digging through them. And you found these stone columns. They were like four feet by four feet on top. 
And on top of them, they had these symbols carved into them. There were a total of 12 of them, and each one had a different symbol that um, Nick's character, Tradak, recognized as somewhat elven, but he couldn't, they weren't exactly what he was used to. So it was like he, he knew they were similar, but he couldn't place them. And these columns were all buried in sand, and when you dug them all out, they sort of looked like that, but instead of being a continuous line, it was 12 separate columns evenly spaced apart. Mm-hmm. And on each column... Columns, so is it a nine or a six? It's more like a nine. Is there a line under it on one side? <laughs> <laughs> and there are these, again, these like two foot across, by, or excuse me, four foot across by four foot across columns. On the top of each column is one of these symbols. You guys dug down about a foot in the sand, and then it turns out they're actually hollow. And after digging the sand out, you found that inside these sort of canisters was a column of stone with a radial dial, and on the dial were more of these symbols. But the thing that you realize is that the symbol that's above you on top was not represented on the dial. And you checked all 12, and they were all the same thing. So they're all exactly the same symbols, except that the symbol on top of each of these container-type canisters is the one symbol not represented on the dial that you're on. So you guys played around with it for a little while. You weren't able to figure anything out, or if you did, you didn't realize it. It started getting late, and eventually you decided that it would be best to travel back to the home base rather than stay here as it was getting dark. You also, the tarp itself turned white, so it lost its camouflage effect. I think someone cast a spell, the spell magic on it. So this tarp had been magically camouflaged, now it's a giant white a, tarp. Now it's a giant white, here I am, tarp in the middle of this giant forest. So the last thing that happened is you guys were going to use Tradex Dimension Door to go back home so that you didn't have to travel through the woods at night. Is there anything I left out that you guys remember or you think is important? Was I with them when they made that discovery? I'm or was say- I in the temple preparing it? Because either or would work, because I figured you gave me an excuse to not be there. You uh, you were working on your temple, and you realized really quickly that there were some, I think there were several dwarves that were assigned to assist you, and they were really not interested in helping you. They didn't come out and say it, but there was definitely some resentment and confusion about your position and why you suddenly were put above them, and they kind of kept looking at your lack of beard and eventually, one of the dwarves, his name was Trevis, sort of came forward and basically said, we're not listening to you. So that's what you were dealing with while all this was going on. However, just for the sake of keeping the story moving, you would have been privy to this, but we're just going to assume that you weren't just to move the story along. So as you guys travel through this dimension door, the camp is sort of like, there's this really weird sort of vibe to it. It's just, it's like really quiet and there's no fires burning because you guys have figured out that fires at night attract things that you don't want, like, you know, Godzilla. But there's just like this really sort of quietness to the camp that is almost startling. And then slowly you start to hear crying and just sort of like weeping and people are sobbing. And as you look around, you see that just about everybody... Everybody has their weapons out or they've got like family members. Duran, stop crying. That are 
sort of huddled on the ground as if they were fighting something that they couldn't see. Like you see people turning left and right and holding out their weapons and just completely in a state of shock. This is when we show back up yeah, at the camp. You guys pop into that dimension door and you come right into it. It's basically like someone dropped a turd in the punch bowl. There's just like this sort of weird awkwardness and people are upset and you hear people crying. Who would do that? So Valius, you see Val. these guys return. And based on the way the story's been going unfolding so far, they're clearly sort of the in control in charge people. So you would probably come to them and try to explain what's going on. And essentially what happened is invisible spiders. No, actually there was not invisible spiders. There were some noises that started to come from outside the campsite. And it was almost like a song and it started to have an effect like a siren song and people were almost like mesmerized And so you just had a bunch of people that started walking into the wilderness in a daze and then they just like vanished, disappeared. So there's a bunch of people that are missing and some other people decided to go in after and try to get these people back. And And they're missing too. (laughs) No, all they found were husks as if all the blood had been sucked out of these people. So there's, but they're not just like, like a spider would suck it out. It's, it's like, they're almost like mummified now. They're, they're old, their, their entire essence, not just their blood was sucked out. So there's a bunch of these husks that have been found and some, some people haven't been found yet. And that's what a lot of the crying is, are people that are, you know, sad for their family or crying or upset. So that's basically what you guys walk into. Do I notice them? Yes. You see them. So you would have ran up. I'm sure they would have been like, what's going on? And you basically just told them what I told everybody. Uh, what's the two guys' names? Jack and Tradek, or Tradek, are the two that aren't here. No, no, no. Uh, the Do ones in charge it? of the camp guard. The camp guard, it was Okay, Abram. we need to write this down for sure. Okay, I know Abram. Abram was the guy who was promoted that you've sort of been, um, like a mentor to. And we'll say, uh, Baylor. Abram is the, is, uh, the the guard captain the guard captain newly promoted not possibly not quite up to the task um abram is the guard captain but he's the one that's a little incompetent yeah well not the same guy he's a he's a little nervous he's a little nervous yeah and then um we're gonna say baylor okay baylor is newly appointed he's like the lieutenant he took abram's old position he's sort of like a sergeant in the army he's not very political but he knows how to get stuff done then the nobles are Maven, Gunther, and Jason. As soon as you guys return, Jack uh, basically breaks over to go to Maven and make sure that Maven's okay. And Tredic will go back to the scouts to try to see if he can help coordinate a, a more concerted search effort. So he's working on that. Jack's making sure that Maven's okay. And then you guys are left to your own devices. As far as you know, Valius, there has been at least 20 people that went missing. And they found 10 husks, so there's 10 people that are still missing. When you say husks, are you talking about bodies? Yes, like bodies. An empty husk. Not just fluids have been drained, but as if the the actual essence. They're like unmummified mummies. They don't have the wrappings, but their skin is gray and cracked. Their inside internal organs are missing or drained or squished. I would, I I start looking for uh, Abram and Baylor, Baylor. Okay. Start going through the crowd, looking at people, asking them if they're okay, if they need anything. And we should go that way. That's where they all run to, run off to. 
So as Who, you're going through the crowd, a couple of the people look up, and you actually see one woman kind of is sort of like crying, and she's like, "Why? Why were you gone so long? Why did you leave us?" Mike, why are you gonna put me on the spot like that? <laughs> <laughs> um, we were counting on you. My daughter's missing. <laughs> Hang on, I need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> There's only like five girls, so you just lost twenty percent of your total breeding possibilities. Um, I'm, I'm sorry this happened, and it couldn't have come at a worse time. Uh, we just didn't, you know, we were we were looking for the, the people that went missing before. I think we're, we're just going to die here, aren't we? We're all dead. No. No. Uh, it's okay. Don't cry. Here. Have, uh... Here, I'm digging I, around in my pocket. I can help with this. I'll be like, do you believe in God? I used to. I don't know if I do anymore. I believe if we pray, you will feel better. I want to start praying Give with me her. a like a priest role to see if you can convince her. Uh, you're so charisma modified by your background points in priest. So charisma plus what? Well, add two points to this. How yep. does it work? Yeah, whatever. However many points you put in. So like, d20 priest. plus charisma. Um, four plus charisma is three. Seven plus two is nine. Okay. She rejects your offer. She seems more upset. Can I assist with this praying? Is there? Can we do that? It would be like the like uh, the not non-religious guy saying grace at the dinner table, where he's like looking at everybody else with right, his head give down. Give me a um, a charisma roll, and you can use your commoner points since you're one of the people. So charisma ten. Ten. Okay, that's high enough. So you get advantage on your roll, so you can re-roll your original d20 in. Plus five, twenty-one. Okay, so with uh, with his assistance. You finally break through her defenses, and she just starts weeping. I start using a human god instead of a dwarven god, and then it fixes it. It helps me out. Palor, we're going to use that mythos. So the Palor is pretty much the typical human god of light and love. So I started praying about more, and then she got upset. And then I was like, with the power of Palor. So after a few minutes, um, some of the other survivors in the the town kind of hear what's going on. And people slowly start to gather. And within a couple minutes, you have almost everyone in the entire camp. So there's like 170 people have pretty much gathered together. They've all dropped to their knees, and they're sort of doing like a mass prayer all together at one time. And you can tell, just like real church, there's some people there that are kind of like looking around like, are we really you know, are we doing this? But probably at least 60% of the people are, seem to be taking some real comfort in this uh, because you haven't had a temple yet you really haven't had that religious service and it it's it does bring comfort to them in a whis- whispering voice to you i say this is a great opportunity to lift their spirits if you can take advantage of it if you can lead these people in in some in some pr- in some praying and um get them to come together God brings everybody together. It's how he works. Or she works, depending on I the I thought God. he worked in mysterious ways. That is not true. Oh. God is everywhere. I wanted to say that I was curious about the husks, but I was letting them finish their thing because I kind of wanted to just kind of go over and just kind of examine the husk and see, you know, just learn about it. And I was 
Because one of the things I wrote down was trauma, like any kind of wound um, or so. Then it actually fits your stuff, character concept pretty well. While everyone's having this really intense religious experience, you're I'm like, just kind of like whatever. Yeah. All right, you guys do your thing. <laughs> now I got time to do my. All right, thing. so you are able to find one of the husks. Like you know, they've been brought back and they've been laid out, and they're looking at probably doing a burial. And there's still some of the family members that are nearby. So you you have access to several of these bodies. So go ahead and give me your role. We'll do intelligence, and then you can uh, use your background points in okay. trauma. Is that still a... D20? It's been a while. It's been like two months plus, uh, what did you say, intelligence? Use your intelligence and then also your points that you put in like trauma. So four, seven, so 26. Okay, so your natural curiosity about death um, is really intrigued by this. And you're familiar with mummification. There are, you know, cultures back home that still practice that and you're familiar with it. Okay. This does not seem to be that, though some of the effects are similar that is not actually what has happened here. So the couple things that you notice that without removing their clothing, which I'm going to assume that you didn't do in this case, you don't see any wounds. So there's no bite there's marks. A, there's a saying called strip and flip. <laughs> well, you, you, I'm assuming that you're not practicing that All currently. Right. But you don't see any wounds. There's no bite marks on the neck like a vampire. There's no big fang marks like a spider. You you can't really Something tell. has like absorbed their an extreme dehydration. Even I just more than that, just, you, uh, there, there, there's, there's something else that you would actually even probably assume that it has, some, has to be some sort of magical effect uh, because it's not just the liquids, it's not just the organs, but their, their soul has been sucked out of them. And as you continue to uh, expect and inspect the body, the one thing you do notice is there's a sort of a crystalline or almost like a salty crust around the mouth is the only thing else that you notice that you can connect in any way. And these were all... Women who no, were attacked? It wasn't all women. It was women and men. Uh, 20 total people between Just men, women, and children okay. all were affected by that siren song effect enough that they just walked out. into. And it was in every direction. It wasn't like they all went in the same direction. They all just sort of they spread just, out. Yeah. And then it, once once the song stopped, people realized what happened and freaked out. And they went out sort of searching for them. And they were only able to find 10 of the bodies. All right, I'm just going to sit on that and just kind of think about that stuff right now. Okay. For a second. How, so uh, there was like 150 or 160 people to begin with? There were 200 originally. I think at this point we're down to like 187, minus two scouts, 185, now minus 10, 20. So you're at one. God damn, I'm bad at math. Um, 155. You said 185 minus 30. Right? Yeah, so there's 155 survivors, including We should yourself. probably start counting those people because they're going to run out. Well, um, that's one of the things I'm, I'm going to bring up is that while this— They need to start having sex. <laughs> no. We need uh, babies. While this is <laughs> going on, um, Abram does find you, you know, as people are coming together. And he kind of waits um, an appropriate amount of times, so he, he, he makes his way towards you. And, you know, he's asking, like, you know, where, where have you guys been? Um, you know, we probably need to coordinate communication if you're going to leave. So, you know, stuff like this doesn't happen. And, you know, again, he's looking at you almost like an older brother. Like, he, he's he's looking for – he's not upset at you. He's not mad. He's just he, – he knows he's not right for this job. And he even says, like, almost offhandedly, he says, we, we probably need to get a census of who all's here because we don't even know who's missing yet. You're right. I'm – Sorry for leaving without letting you know, and I'll make sure to let you know in the future. Sometimes I forget how how dangerous this place is. We probably should take account, find out who's here, make sure that there's no 
buddy extra missing that we don't know about or that we haven't been told about yet. And then I want to set something up starting tomorrow. Just the camp guard is not enough. Everybody who's here needs to know how to... Everybody that's here needs to know how to fight or defend themselves in some way. So starting tomorrow, I want you to coordinate uh, some... Take a group of people and have who whatever soldier whatever guards aren't standing duty at the time work with those people and we're going to start some basic classes on fighting and we need to gather some we need to gather enough weapons so that everyone here can be armed i don't i'm not saying i want 160 155 guards walking around but well, everybody needs to I'd be able to I'd love to have fight this conversation and, like to you to come up with ideas with the people who are in charge because i we can have an accountability board or tab like everyone's name like oh board. this is where i'm going this is what i'm doing today this is where i'm at and a buddy system and i was gonna say since i put on trauma on that thing like i could teach everybody like just basic first aid life first aid type skills and stuff all right so after about 45 minutes the impromptu prayer circle starts to, to break apart at the edges first and people are slowly starting to realize that while they do feel better there is still the missing people. There are still deaths. There's going to be people that need to be buried. And you know, there's still things that have to be done in this environment. So people slowly, with a little bit more comfort than they had, start to go back and start their jobs again. I want to say loudly so that everybody, so they can, not loudly like I'm yelling at them, but loud enough so they can hear me. I'll say, Blaine, we need to go find the, if there's any survivors left. There's at least 10 to 20 people missing. Like right away, Abram kind of grabs your wrist. He's like, "Not tonight. I don't. I don't think you guys should go tonight." If there's survivors, there could be people hurt out there that might not make it through the night. I know, but as late as it is, what happens if you guys get hurt or taken? We don't even know what these creatures are. They have some sort of ability to to, to daze people. Like, well, I'm not, I'm not my, uncompassionate. I just don't think it makes sense to send a search party. By the way, the what night. did did they did you did they say out of character. Did they say what the creatures were? Or what did they describe they them at them. all? They just they there was this sort of siren song that caused them to wander into the woods, and once they were gone, is when something happened to okay. them. Okay, so back so in character. So nobody saw anything. No, we have no idea what did it. So I, I just I don't and think it's a good idea to go out. Tonight. Did you see people leaving the camp in any way? Yeah, we we saw everybody. It was I can't even ex- describe it in that. I felt better than we felt before. I felt happy. I felt at peace. And I wanted to go into the woods as well. But I, I kept enough of my senses to realize that that's dangerous. So I didn't. But I couldn't do much else. Like it took all of my willpower to not go into the woods or in, you know, into the forest. So I wasn't able to do anything else like stop anybody else. So I stood there and watched as these people walked into the woods. It's would you say helpless. that? Would you say that the people that did walk into the woods... Might have been more of the weak-minded people here. He kind of looks around and he just sort of nods. He doesn't no. say. <laughs> he doesn't say. Or, I mean, no. no. I can't even do it. Yeah. I mean, it, it was. <laughs> no. It was some of the younger. Um, <laughs> it was hard. Uh, younger-ish people, and um, yep. You know, none of the soldiers went out. It was non-soldiers, non-combatants, so people without a lot of discipline. Yeah, it seemed like they were affected more than okay. others. Well. Listen, I agree with Val. We, if not all of us need to go, but we need to set up 
a small party to go make sure that there are no sur- survivors nearby. Maybe a good compromise would be if we only leave for about 30 minute increments. So we leave for 30 minutes, come back, and then leave for another 30 or maybe an hour. If I'm not back in 30 minutes, just wait longer. Or come or s- send no, another party. No, that if whatever we're doing, we come back within 30 minutes or okay. 45 minutes. So that way we're not going for too long. You agree to this? I mean, I think you're, if you're set on it, I'm not going to tell you no. I'm not going to arrest you, but I think it's a bad idea. I think that right now the the most good that you could do was to be here and let people see that you're here. They cool. they feel more protected. I can stay here, but we need a gr- we need someone to lead a group a small group of at least guards out to check for survivors. But I can stay I will right. stay here at the camp. So to that point he's he's talking like a leader. Like he it's a hard decision and you actually probably feel like, you know, not only impressed but you're you're noticing that. But at that moment, he kind of balks and like the color drains out of his face. He's like, I, I don't want to go out there either. I'm talking to Abram, Abram right? right? Okay. Okay. Well, um, why don't you start, why don't you uh, get together some people and start a count on who's here and see if there's anybody else missing and I'll put together a party. Okay. And then once he leaves, I'll go find Baylor. Hopefully he did not wander off into the woods. No, he was one of the guards, so he did not. He's actually back at the command tent, mm-hmm. and he's already sort of sort of in the process of this. He's, he's, he's organizing people that, hey, this is what you're going to do, this is what you're going to do, um, it, as well as a, a, a census. He's already talked about that as well. We need to get uh, – there was the original manifest from the ship, uh, all the people who were on board, not including Valius since he was a stowaway. So they have a list of people that should have been on the ship. And they're just going to use it as like a ledger and make check marks and crosses and figure out what's going on. So he's already in the process of organizing that when you show up. All right. Um, I want I want you to stop what you're doing. Um, you're on the right track, though. But I want you to turn that over to Abram. And I want Abram to take over uh, the head count, seeing who's here and who's not. And I want you to organize a small party of guards to go out and check for survivors. Don't I don't want you to be gone long. Thirty minutes tops. How many should we take? How big is the guard force? Twenty counting those two, so twenty two total. Val, are you still with me? Yeah. You think Baylor plus four or five guards? Or is that sending out too much of our guard force? If we only have twenty to twenty five to begin with. I'll join them. Okay. So that's six total. Is that enough? It's a searching party. We're not going to try to fight anything. We're going to just investigate. Right, but you may come into contact with something out there. So far, we haven't been able to go for more than a half day, six hours or a half day without running into something. Um, get guys that are very quiet. So, what about? I mean, we have scouts. They might be better. Scouts will be better. I start. I start. You see me starting moving my armor. All right, so you can actually um, pair back up with Tredic. He's sort of the leader of the scouts, and he'll get you some of the scouts that will volunteer to go as well because most of them were out with you guys originally fighting the giant spiders, so none of them were affected either. All right, so I'll leave him with um, Baylor to put together the the search party, and then I'll go back to the commoners and keep making rounds and talking to people, and I'll find... uh, 
Abram a couple times and check in with him. Okay. All right. So, Rob, what are you doing while this is going on? They've left as a party. Not yet. They're Not still, yet. They're still organizing. This is, okay. That's going on. I was trying to figure out a spell that was going to be helpful for tomorrow's search is what I was doing right now. If I went with them. I'm debating on somebody... So who are we leaving with the group? Because I was trying to think of the people as a whole. Like, what can I do that would alert us to knowing or block out something? I, I was just you just try, going you, through my spell book, trying to think of. Are you trying to think of a, a magical defense? A magical defense that would help just keep people in or not allow them to be subdued or wooed by this music or allure that makes them walk away or i was trying to think well waxing their ears helps however then they won't be able to hear their screams either so it's probably not a good idea well i was thinking though too it'd be great to have walls if we could find a way to make something like that but i know that all we have is beach and trees that are 600 feet yeah that we can't cut down yeah, we haven't actually even tried that. You have the wood from the ship, but that's currently being used to build a town hall. That yeah, which is fine, but I think I think walls should be. Uh, I don't know. Why I think is that walls. A waste of wood? Do you would think it be, should a... be used for a church? <laughs> of course. <laughs> now that's a waste of wood. <laughs> I don't know. How do you guys feel about that? I mean, that idea, like stripping bark off the because i'm sure we could find a way to peel bark or something off the trees or i don't know what kind of it to for what reason to to make wall uh, a defense or to contain also the people of the town what's bark gonna do bark on a 600 foot tree that could probably be like four feet thick i, I don't know I'm just brainstorming. All you need to do I'm is just... take down one tree, and then you can build a wall. <laughs> You'll be all set. I don't know. Three uh, trees, and then have the beach, and then you're you're done. <laughs> I don't know. Let's keep brainstorming, though. How many guards do we I have? I think, actually, I, I think we need to go out as a scout party, but I think we need to have a discussion with some people, because I think being at the beach is actually the worst place we can be. Well, we don't know if it's the worst place, but I think... We do need to search for a better place. We need we need to like a cave would be nice. Yeah, we need to search and see if there's a better place in the woods, but we can't do it tonight. I agree. I, I get done taking out my armor. Okay, and so, I go to my backpack and I take some stuff out. So Tredic and you will be leading four scouts into uh, the woods for this jaunt. Give me a higher low. Hi. Did you say something, Rob? All right, so I was going to say try try and out of game. I was going to say, like, maybe us three should stay together, and, like, if we're leaving the the town to be protected, we can leave the three who are not here. Or... I can't can't leave innocent people out there. Oh, so Oh, no, no, I'm not saying... I I would go with you. Like, I'm saying us stay as a group, and then them deal with... Out of character or in character? This is out of character I'm talking right now. Then all three of us would go. The problem is that they don't want Blaine to go. They, they pretty much. Uh, pretty much I agree okay. to stay at the yeah. camp. And just, like hugging his okay. balls right yep. now. In game, I would just say, how long do you plan on being out that way? I know to come. Thirty minutes or forty-five. Thirty minutes. Oh, all right. Yeah. All right. Thirty minutes. Gotcha. Okay. 
So you guys can be doing some other stuff while this starts. So you, you know, communicate with some of the guards, some of the commoners, and they, you get an idea of the direction about, that some of the people I mean, went trying to come up with. that did not come back. And so you get a direction and you start going. But and I really want to go back. It's you know, obviously it's really dark. The canopy is really mm-hmm. high up, but it's really we thick. Are. So it's, I mean, it's extremely dark underneath. Now I know um, I believe that Tredic has some low light vision, or you probably I have dark do. vision. You have dark vision, so you can see better than most of the other scouts, even though they have you know are trained and have really good night vision. So you're not seeing anything. So you go probably right about 15 minutes out. So where you think that you're probably at the point where you need to turn back soon, or you're going to be late when you notice something almost like a wisp of fog, just like in your peripheral. And when you turn your head, you don't see it anymore. And then you see it on like the other side, same thing, just sort of like a, a puff of smoke. And when you turn and look, it's not there. And as you're realizing what's happening, you see that like everyone must be seeing the same thing because everyone's suddenly like turning their head back and forth really quickly. And they're starting to like, like you can feel panic starting to rise in the group. People are going, what? Do you see that? What is that? Where? But you don't see anything. As an action, I would like to use Divine Sense. Until the next turn, I know the exact location for any celestial, fiend, or undead creature within 25 feet. Uh, concentrated or desecrated ground as well. So 25 feet, keep that in mind. I want to check kind of like turn that on, basically. To so see what, this. what do you... Celestial? I am trying to celestial, fiend, or undead. So if it's like demonic, I don't know if that counts. If it's just evil... I don't think that counts either. Okay. Uh, uh, primarily, I'm looking for undead, fiend, and desecrated ground. Okay. So I'm but gonna, I can't really select I'm that. That's why that I'm doing it. That ability does not have any sort of effect. Okay. But you start to hear something that you're not sure if you hear it in your ears or in your head, but you start to hear a sweet song, and it just makes you feel very comfortable Makes you feel safe. We just lost the search party. So you 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 can tell that like you're you you're if you're carrying weapons you start to lower them. So I need you to roll me a will check. Uh, hold on. Uh, I have divine grace, charisma to saving throws for any saving throw. Search party's like, oh, I love this song. You can count this as a saving throw. That's essentially what it is. Sixteen. All right. So you are able to sort of concentrate and block out the sound a little bit and and it it is actually an audible sound so if you even put your hands to your ears it will dampen it a little bit if anybody's within 10 feet of me they get charisma bonus to their saving throw as well if they're within 10 feet of me so two of the scouts start to walk off into the woods the others are also resisting so there's two people that are are they both walking in the same direction No, they're walking in different directions give me a perception check uh, too low. Okay. So they go off in two different directions, and they're walking really slow. So I mean, if you wanted to try to grab them, you could. Oh, I want to, of course. Okay. So you run up and you grab the first one. He doesn't resist you. It, it really is like they're in a drunken stupor. So if you just grab them and push them to the ground, they'll pretty much stay there. And right now, you're the only person that's able to act. The other guys are just standing there. So you can really much only grab one of them. I want to basically try to convince the leader of the scouts that came with me, whoever the leader of the guards is basically within that group, to, like, go help the other guy. All right, so you're going to try to get them to yeah, also... Yeah, I'm like, go, 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 get him. Get him right now. Okay. Get him right now. 
So I'm going to say that that other one gets an additional saving throw because of your actions. However, you you see him just like shaking his head. And you don't know if that means no or I can't, but he's not moving toward the other guard. He's starting to slowly walk. He's probably okay. 15 feet from you now. You've got the other guy held. I'm assuming you got a hold of him somehow. Yes, yeah, so about I'm 15 feet holding. away. I would like to use the spell command, which is speak one word to a living creature, wisdom saving throw, and basically they have to listen to it. Okay. And I'll say, help. Looking at the guy that needs to help the other guy. Okay. Um, so is this like a saving throw they get? Against this? If he wants to resist it, which I, probably he does if he doesn't want to help. If he wants to help, uh, well, it's up to you. Would you like right. me to read the actual description now, instead I, of the sort I think of I'm good with it because it's not – he doesn't it's want meant to, to not help. It's, it's meant to be used for things like drop or, you know, okay. go or – I'm going to say that because it, it's almost like you're counteracting a spell, I'm still going to give him a save and throw. It's not that okay. he's resisting. It's just whether your command spell will outweigh this siren I understand. Song. I have a, a – I have a two for my spell casting, which I guess that makes it the 13 because it's a level one spell, maybe. Okay. So you see him sort of shake his head and almost like he's trying to pop his ears. And then he, he nods at you and he rushes over and he tackles the other scout, just like a NFL tackle. They both go down in a heap. And then you see directly in the direction that he was, the directly in the direction that he was heading, there's a wisp of smoke that was similar to what you kept seeing in your peripheral, but now you're seeing it dead on. And it starts to kind of coalesce, and it creates a humanoid figure, but it still looks like it's made out of mist. And it's humanoid, but not human. You know, two legs, two arms, head, neck, that kind of thing. But it's like more elongated, like it's its arms are unnaturally long. Its body is unnaturally thin. It looks a lot like your... It's Michael Phelps. <laughs> your atypical alien that you would see like in the Bad B movies. And it the eyes, which are basically nothing. Like there's mist everywhere else, but where the eyes are, there's no mist. So it's like a, 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 a gap flash does not with a natural. red color. And then it sort of hisses and it just flies off. It's like it wisps away. So it's not even walking or running, it's flying. It's flying, just sort of like almost like a butterfly wisping up and down. And then the song fades, and after a minute or two, everyone sort of comes back Did to I their senses. Did I see any other wisps running away? No. Just one? Just the one. We should go back. <laughs> okay. If, if you say so. <laughs> I wanted to keep going, but if you want to go back, then okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll guard the rear. You guys go forward. Let's go. Okay. So you make your way back. Are you going to take the same path, or are you going to come back well, differently be, uh, and try to see if you find anything? I want to take a different path, but before we go, I want to go to the area that the wisp was and see if there's, like, any marks or any anything I can use. It's like, oh, there's green slime. Okay, now I know when I see green slime, it means the... That this thing might be around. Okay, roll me a perception check. I, since I'm an explorer, I'm I'm experienced in looking for. Well, my ex-wife was a wisp, so <laughs> yeah. I know what I'm since I'm for. an explorer, I'm ex- and I'm experienced enough when I, I deal with things I've never met before to study them, so I know what I'm dealing with. Okay. Unfortunately, I get. Uh, what well, is this search or what is it? It based would be on? a search. So do I roll my d6 or? 
or I not? Do we even do that? I don't know if we do that anymore. You you still get a skill die? I don't know. I'm I, I don't think we do anymore. I don't think there are skill die anymore. I think that went away last packet. So what do you get for having a skill? It's it's just your uh, ability bonus. So it's five plus your ability bonus plus, plus your, your wisdom. All right. So eleven. Eleven. Okay. I'm going to say that you you don't notice it at first, and eventually, actually, Tredit comes over as a druid, and he's also looking. And between you, you notice that some of the plant life that was in that area has started to kind of wilt. And it, the plants are reacting in the same way that the bodies did. There's just some sort of essence draining. that, that it's, it's not not like there's like a patch of dead grass. It would be easy to find. But you do think that you could probably, you would know now to know if, if this had happened before. Like you'd be able to find do it. Do I see a trail when no. that happens? It's just no. if, you st- if it stands still for right. a little bit. Right, if it's stationary time. for a while, it seems to be happening. Okay. Is Tredic with you? Yes, Tredic is with and him. He, is he a... Um, Bear? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. He's, he's a druid half-elf. He's a druid. He would notice definitely what's going on with the plant life. So, yeah, he's the one that came over and sort of like, hey, do you see that? And you guys figured it out. So, on the way back, you take a slightly different path, and you do come across two more husks. So, there's still eight people unaccounted for. I'll say pick them up. We have to bury them properly. All right. They're... They weigh like twenty pounds. I mean, there's. Do they fold them? <laughs> <laughs> well, they would like crack like an old. I, I want to. I want leather. them to be like giant. Uh, you know, like the snakes, the things that, the really crappy things for the Fourth of July that you hit the with the leather. Oh and yeah, just the ash the little, thing. Oh, the black yeah. pellets. That yeah, make so sense. So they're just like these really fragile. They're not as fragile as what that was, but but yeah, but like if you, you, I don't know, always like it'll like an arm will fall off and you have to pick it up and yeah. put it on the chest. So yeah, so you find two more bodies, uh, leaving eight people unaccounted for. You can give us feedback and comments at our website, dndacademy.com. You can check out previous podcasts at our website and subscribe to future ones on iTunes. If you have a suggestion for a topic, we'd love to hear it. Email your ideas to podcast at dndacademy.com, and you can connect with us on Twitter at dnd underscore academy. As always, thanks for listening, and remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.